Alright, hello everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila from Greater Orlando, and I'm with Timbrel Hildebrand, reporting from Arlington, Texas. Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Where Where are you now? I'm, I'm in Crowley now, because they kicked me out of my dorm. Oh no, why did they kick you out? Is it because of the, the whole corona The virus, yeah. yeah, the virus. <laughs> well, oddly enough, we're going to be talking about Tangled, which is which takes place in a kingdom called Corona. Yes. Poor naming. Well, yeah, uh, it is kind of unfortunate. So, uh, what did what did you think of this film? Oh, this movie is awesome. I absolutely adore Tangle. Yeah, it's really great. It actually uh, uh, started this new uh, golden age in Disney animation called the Disney Resurgence. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, a little backstory on this film. The story of Tangled actually goes back. All the way to 1996, when uh, a Disney supervising animator named Glenn Keane came up with the idea to make to adapt uh, the grim fairy tale Rapunzel into a film. He actually didn't uh, pitch it until 2001, when he uh, pitched it to the CEO Michael Eisner at the time. Uh, and Eisner, he really liked it, so he gave it the thumbs up but on the condition that it would be computer animated. Uh, Keen didn't really like that idea because he didn't think computer animation was quite there yet in, in, uh, in uh, comparison to traditional cartoon animation, like hand-drawn stuff. Now remember this was still 2001, so computer animation was still very much in its infancy. Uh, but he, he went along with it. So in, two th in uh, 2003, the film was finally announced to the public as Rapunzel Unbraided. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it was scheduled to be released in 2007. Uh, and Keane said he took a lot of inspiration from Shrek. And he wanted it to be kind of like, uh, like this meta commentary on fairy tales and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he ended up going back on it because he thought the original story was much more sincere and genuine. So he decided to go mostly focus on the original fairy tale. Uh, in 2005, they pushed back Rapunzel Unbraided until summer 2009 uh, in order to give Kane more time to work on the story. Uh, and at that point, uh, Eisner actually supposedly suggested that the film be about a a woman living in modern San Francisco who finds herself in this uh, fairy tale land, but Keen couldn't figure out how to make it work. So uh, later on, two guys named Ed Catmull and John Lasseter became the studio heads of Disney Animation, and their first decision, once uh, being that, was to restart the project completely and ask keen to keep like going at it and in 2007 they announced that a guy named Dean Wellens who is a very well-known animator and story artist uh, to become like the co-director of the film and in 2008 uh, Keen and Wellens had to like step down as directors due to like other commitments and all that uh, and they were replaced by the team of Byron Howard and Nathan Greeno who made the film Bolt in 2008 and they became like the actual directors of the final film uh, but Keen stayed as an executive producer and an anti uh, no, not anti, uh, an animation supervisor while Wellens just left the project completely 
Uh, but it was later revealed that Keen actually, uh, the reason why he stepped back was because he had a heart attack in 2008. So that's, that's why. Oh, yeah, that'll definitely put you out of commission. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I just got a film festival thing. No, I didn't make it. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway. Um, so, like, what is your, like, like, uh, I, uh, initial take on this film? Um, I mean, I think this film is awesome. I think, like you said, it kind of brought back the sort of charm that was in the original Disney movies, or, or specifically the Disney resurgence that happened kind of in the 80s and 90s, like with The Little Mermaid and Aladdin. This feels like it really kind of harkens back to that. I think on a technical standpoint, it's extremely impressive in regard to the innovations made with uh, hair animation. I pity all the animators who... Or, honestly, I guess it would have been cool for the animators to get to be a part of that, but um, it's definitely extremely impressive, because hair is notoriously one of the most difficult things to animate. And so the fact that they're able to make it do what they do with um, Rapunzel is very, very impressive. The story, I think, is really... Um, I, I, think, I think it's great. I think they take a classic tale, and they kind of do what Disney's always done. They take the classic tale and sort of make it their own which I think makes it really interesting. It's complex. There's complex characters, both um, Rapunzel and Eugene. And uh, the bad guy is great. Um, she's super evil, which makes it just as interesting. So, And it's got, you know, com got comedy, it's got romance, it's got, you know, the more serious stuff. I think it's just, it's a well-put-together film. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, no I noticed that you mentioned uh, the character of Eugene. What did you think about him? Oh, I absolutely love Eugene slash Flynn Rider. He, I think, is one of the, in my opinion, I think he's one of the best Disney males. He's he's funny, and it doesn't hurt that he's voiced by Zachary Levi, who's a great talent. Um, he's just, he's funny, but also he can be heartfelt, and I think that makes for a very interesting character, because while he's full of himself and arrogant at first, you see that transformation that occurs once he gets to know Rapunzel and falls in love with her. So I think, I think he's a super fun character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do you think like Rapunzel goes into his character? Do you think he she helps him out with his initial problems that he had? Well, I mean, I think it's all, it has a lot to do with her innocence. She sees the world from a positive, you know, happy-go-lucky glasses always half full point of view, and he has, and so she sees the best in him in a way that no one else has probably seen. And so that kind of, you know, that sort of faith that she has that in, in the world itself, I think, is, you know, it's, it draws him to her because she shows him kindness, even though he breaks into her tower and stuff. And I think he's drawn to that. Not only is she pretty and cute and all that jazz, um, she also has a good heart. And I think that's what draws him to her and helps him, in response, become a better person. Oh, yeah. And uh, what did you think about the idea of making him, like, a criminal? Oh, I think it's way more fun than him being a prince. I absolutely love it, because it's not just that he's a criminal, he's a fun, uh, you know, swashbuckling kind of uh, goofy rogue. So it makes him way more interesting than the regular prince, because it... I mean, it just makes his character less bland, I guess. I mean, I guess I still could have had fun with it if they had decided to make it a prince, but I think this gives him a more Aladdin-esque kind of quality, and it, it makes him more enjoyable overall, I think, because he's 
he's on a journey himself to become a better person and not be so deceptive and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. Um, and I like how they made him, in terms of, like, criminals, like, go, uh, I'm glad that they made him, like, a, a thief or a larcenist uh, as opposed to, like, uh, like a murderer or something like that. Because in terms of crimes, I'm, I'm guessing thievery is the most, uh, the the type of crime that I would not mind so much in a in a character and be able to root for them. Well, I, I don't think that would be very appropriate for a children's film to, or I guess, yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate for a children's film to make him a murderer. Oh, snap. Okay, yeah, you're right. And then they're like, you're going to be hanged without a trial. Well, and <laughs> they kind of already knew what he had done. So. Okay. Um, uh, oh, and that kind of brings me to this other the other point of the character of Max, the horse. Do we like oh, him? Oh, I absolutely love Max. I think it's hilarious because you find in animated films, specifically Disney films, that when there's an animal character, they're either like a dog, and that's usually what they do, or they're like a cat. And Max is a lot like a dog, and I think it's absolutely hilarious because he's smarter than, like, all of the guys that he's uh, he's working for and with. And I think that's also a funny kind of Disney thing, how the animals always seem to be way ahead of the human characters in regard to the story. I think you see that also with the chameleon, Pascal. It's like they have a way better like grip on the situation than any of the humans do. And I think that's, that's funny. And with Max in particular, I think his little rivalry with uh, Eugene is, is very fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Like, they start being, like, hardcore enemies. But then, because of Rapunzel, they ended up, like, seeing each other as, like, equals. And they're like, like Maximus sees Eugene or Ryder as like, oh, he's not that bad of a guy. Maybe I shouldn't be so hard on him. And Eugene sees Max as, oh, he's just doing his job. He's not a bad guy and he doesn't really hate me that much. And we see that also as a catalyst when Max saves uh, Eugene from the uh, being hanged with the guys from the from the snuggly duckling. Yeah, that part's great. I love that part. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, um, also, like, we all know that a movie is as good as its villain. So we will move on to Gothel. How do we think about her? I think she's a very well-done villain because she's she's got this sort of complex evil about her. Not only has she stolen this child from her family, but she has this child thinking that she's her child. And I mean, we see that in that, that sort of messed up dynamic um, in real life, how kids are sometimes children are kidnapped and then people raise them as their own children. Like that's a really messed up sort of um, dynamic. And that I think really shines through at the very beginning when she's brushing Rapunzel's hair and Rapunzel's asking, she's a little kid and she says, why can't I go outside? And she tells her, Oh, the world's a dangerous place. And she goes, do you understand flower? And she goes, yes, mommy. And that's what really, gives you the gives you uh, a sight into how deep the depravity is. I remember the first time watching that movie with my father and when she said mommy, like she said, Oh no, this is you know, like that's when it really hit. So I think they they really that part of her character isn't just that she needs the flower and stuff and that, but she has deceived Rapunzel into thinking that she's her child and made a very terrible relationship between her and her daughter. So I think that I think she's an excellent villain because she's completely unapologetically after what she wants and no one else matters. Yeah. 
And like when I was watching this with my sister, she actually brought a point. Whenever uh, Gotha would kiss Rapunzel, she would always kiss her on the hair. Yes, I noticed that. Yes, I saw that someone had pointed that out as well, that she's always showing affection towards her hair. And then Eugene, on the other hand, is always pushing the hair out of Rapunzel's face. Yes, like that's that's attention to detail. And um, now we see Gotha as like a villain, but she doesn't really aim to hurt anyone. But she only really cares about gaining things for herself, um, which I think is a really new aspect to that kind of villain. Um, and also there's that whole time where she's like the whole uh, I love you scene sequence that they would do, the whole I love you, I love you more, I love you most type thing. Um, how did that hit you in that in that kind of way? I mean, it just came off as really fake. You know, she's mm -hmm. just, she loves her, but no, like she said, as she says, uh, I love you most, she kisses her hair. Um, so what she loves is the hair. She does not care about Rapunzel. She just needs the hair. I mean, when she went in to get the, you know, when after Rapunzel was born, she originally just wanted to take some of the hair and use it for herself. But realizing that it couldn't survive without Rapunzel, she just took the baby. You know, it, she is, she, I'd say that she's pretty much kind of, she kind of is psychopathic in that way and that she does not care about how her actions affect other people. She just wants what she wants and she'll do whatever it takes to get there. It does not matter to her who she hurts in the process. Oh, yeah. And, um, okay, so while I was doing, like, my research on this film, uh... I saw this one video of this person who was like, where are the people of color? What do you, what do you say about that? I mean, I guess they could have cast it with, with different actors. I think it was just kind of a choice. I don't think they were intentionally um, excluding people of color. I just mean, it just kind of happened. And while, while that may not be what's best at the same time, um, if you really want to, I, I mean, I don't think I really have the right to have, to like really say anything on that. I think that's just how it's cast. I mean, Hollywood has, uh, has a track record of having mainly white casts when they create things. And so, um, I think maybe that's why Disney has been trying to make more, um, more, more movies that aren't necessarily surrounded, that, that aren't exactly rooted in, you know, white areas when they, when they and where they take place, white settings, I suppose, yeah. such as Moana or um, Mulan. You know, there's another one, Moana. Like you know, Moana takes place in a different culture. Or um, oh, a really underrated one, The Princess and the Frog, which uh, delves into uh, New Orleans culture, which I find really interesting. But yeah, I mean, I mean, to people who ask where are the people of color, I just say that's just kind of how they cast it, and I mean. <laughs> That's just kind of how it was. I'm not saying it's like right or wrong necessarily. It's just kind of how they cast it. Yeah. Um, I think I have some bearing in, in this kind of thing because I am a person of color. So I think I can add as two cents to this. And I believe that this is this film is, is very obviously supposed to be from Germany. And it's supposed to take place in like 19th century Germany-ish or at least inspired from it. And I believe that it is obviously, in order to be historically accurate, there is not there wasn't a lot of people of color in Germany out there doing in like in a reasonable social status that would make for a film. 
So, yeah, not, not, not exactly. Not in Germany. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there are some people who would say that uh, Gotha would be, like, offensive because she has, like, she is the most non-white person because of her dark uh, curly hair and the hook nose or whatever. But I say to that, she. I think they only really did that was to get, make her contrast to Rapunzel. That's the only reason. Yeah, I, think I don't so. think that was trying to make her look like she was of a different race. I think that was just a designing um, decision. It. I don't think it had as much bearing as people might try to read into it. Yeah, I completely agree. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of white uh, people who look the way Gothel looks. So it, I don't think that's the reason. And and I uh, and I think that that's the whole deal. Or le- unless we would end up. Uh, scratching her heads like in Frozen Two with the, uh, with the with the with the black general. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like when they throw, I feel like it might be people more angry when they just throw in people of color just to kind of like check that off their list. Wouldn't it be better to just make a movie that incorporates them where it's not purely just to check something off their list? Yes, I agree. Because um, but- that's kind of how it felt like. In, in that particular movie, in that particular one that you brought up to me. Yeah, and even Saturday Night Live made a made a little like sketch about it too, make saying that it really oh, doesn't make any sense. One. Yeah, you should look it up on. Uh, I think pre- I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, but uh, I'm, but yeah, it kind of doesn't really make any sense. Uh, so I when when uh, they when I see like a bunch of white people in vague Germany kingdom i don't really i don't think twice about it and i don't really mind and uh that brings me to my next thing there was also this there was this scene that was cut out in uh in entangled where rapunzel and eugene find a uh a psychic monkey who who helps rapunzel who tries to tell rapunzel where she's from and oh seriously that's cut out from the movie yeah it was cut out from the film oh my word that's so funny because um sorry this is kind of uh, this isn't really going off track but um there is a tangled tv show that um i recently got into um it's 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 more flash it's flash animation but it has all the same actors and stuff in it like rapunzel and eugene it's all the same voices and so uh, it's really good. I recommend checking it out. It delves way more into the story, and it's like actually really good. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It has a lot of new songs. But I digress. There's a psychic monkey in it in the second season. So it's so funny that you brought that up. Oh, that might be where they got it from, because that's definitely where they got it from. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of the the TV show, um, I noticed that Rapunzel's hair grows back. Uh, does it explain how that happens? Yeah, you see, there's this hour-long special that they did, kind of like a TV movie, and then the series followed it, and it is, it's really good. Like, me and my sister have gotten into it, and they haven't posted the third season yet on Disney+, Plus. so I'm really excited for them to post that, because the second season ended on a big cliffhanger, and I, I really need to know what happened. <laughs> oh, well, we'll all be waiting on with bated breath. I hope it, I'm sure it'll be awesome. I know they're. I hope so. Yeah, they're both on Disney Plus, right? Yes, and they're very good, so I would recommend those. But yeah, that's so funny that you brought up the Psychic Monkey because that is in the the TV show. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to the uh, 
back to the film. How do we feel about the two the like the two twin criminals type people? Those two guys. Oh, I think they're fun. I think I mean I think they're mainly plot devices, not so much characters. But I mean they're fun. They're big and brutish, and it's kind of funny to see them sort of contrast with sort of tiny Eugene. So I mean I, I think they served their purpose well as kind of being dumb, kind of brutes. Oh yeah, who they're like, kind of like animalistic lust for for wealth and fame actually ends up getting them manipulated by Gothel to do her bidding. Yeah. Um, and there's this, also this theme in the film about not judging a book by its cover, especially within the Snuggly Duckling, where these really like scary-looking guys live, but then they really ended up revealing that hey, we have dreams and goals, and we're not that bad, and we have like human desires to do things, and we want more than what we have, that kind of thing. So admittedly, they were still criminals. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes i i enjoyed that that's another thing of kind of like turning the i guess the genre on its head a little bit so that that i've got a dream song is absolutely that's a lot of fun to get to see how you know yeah we look like criminals but you know we actually we're we're pretty good people we want we want you know good things too yeah we like that one guy who wants who just wants uh wants love and that other guy who just wants to play the piano and oh yeah that's super cool yeah even though he has a hook for a hand yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, and then um, there's also this idea of being sheltered because we know that Rapunzel is very sheltered. Um, and then she goes out into the world, and everything is very new for her. Uh, how do you think like that her arc in being like a super sheltered person to being a more adventurous individual is like? Um, I think I think it's done well throughout the film because you know she's so frightened at first at everything when she first comes out of the the tower but then the more she gets to know the world the more she the more she grows in her own strength like when she meets the guys at the snuggly duckling when she rescued when she and uh eugene escape from drowning when they go and see the lanterns and that leads up to her kind of like standing up for herself in front of mother gothel because that's the biggest uh, hurdle that she has to muster because she's able to stand up to all these other more like it seems to be more dangerous things but the biggest thing that she can't stand up against is her mom or her mom quote unquote yeah like when she says did I mumble mother or if that's even your real name dun, yeah done um so oh yeah so that all that is very uh, essential to Rapunzel's character um so there's also the character of pascal the the chameleon what do we think about about him um oh i absolutely love pascal he's adorable again i i have and with pascal i feel like how i was saying that most animals in disney movies are either cats or dogs while max is definitely dog-like i think pascal is more feline-like and that makes him a lot of fun too because he's very he seems more intelligent. I particularly like the part where she has Eugene tied up on the chair and Pascal kind of puts his fist into his palm, tell her to beat him up. I think he's a lot of fun. Oh, uh, yeah, and whenever he would, like, stick his tongue into his ear to wake him up. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so, like, back to, like, the whole Max being a dog thing, I noticed that, like, whatever, like, that one scene where Rapunzel uh, pat him in the head, like, his tail would wag like a dog. So yeah that that's pretty that's pretty interesting and then so 
Um, yep, that's Rapunzel for you. Or should I say Tangled? Tangled, uh, yeah. So, uh, what are your final thoughts on this film? Oh, absolutely great. I'd say I'd give it, out of 10, I'd say I'd give it a 9. Definitely go see it. Oh, I would give it a 9 as well. Uh, so, uh, would, you, would you subscribe to the theory that uh, Rapunzel is Anna and Elsa's cousin? I love that theory, but I don't think it's true. <laughs> you don't think it's true? Explain. No, I mean, it's fun to believe. It'd be super cool if they did a crossover, but, I mean, that's all it is. It's just a theory. How about a uh, new film coming up, Tangled, Frozen Goes Tangled, or Tangled, Frozen, Tangled, or whatever. <laughs> Get that on that. a little too much in one movie. Okay. So, um, oh, and the lance, the lanterns. Do we like the lanterns? Oh, I liked that. I thought that was fun. I also liked how they um, they gave her hair a reason to be the way it is. Like, it's magical. So it makes sense that it's super long and they can't cut it and stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting. And the lanterns, I thought, were just a pretty aesthetic. Yeah. So, like, what do you think, like, the lanterns represent in this film? Like, the idea of hope, maybe? Maybe it's more the idea of being free, because the, the lanterns kind of float around, you know, that no, they're not tethered. Oh, yes, that's right. That's a good, that's a good interpretation. Because that also reflects uh, Rapunzel's goal to be free from the tower. Yeah. Or at least for that day, because she seemed pretty content being in the tower, but... Her main goal was to go see the lanterns. That's all she wanted to do. But after she experienced the world as it is, she decided that maybe this is pretty good. It's not that it's pretty good. It's not as bad as yeah. it made out to be. So that is Tangled. You said you gave it a 9 out of 10? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so go see it now. It's on Disney+. Plus. So you get to watch it a whole bunch, especially since we're all we're all inside in this troubling time. Uh yeah. And so, do you think this film is better than Frozen? That's always the big question. Personally, I don't know if I could say. I think they're very different movies. And I, I'd say I like them both equally. I think a lot of it, the reason people say that Tangled is better than Frozen is just because Frozen has a lot of hype surrounding it. But personally, I still think Frozen is a very good movie. So, I'd say that they're pretty even-handed there. I would say that as well. I would think that's true. All right, so that's Tangled. It is a pretty great film, so go check it out. Um, and that is it. Okay, bye. Bye. And...